What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right. I know that you playing along at home is going to get this, but Stallion, you love it when I hit you with a little movie trivia. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, for a thousand on these. Okay. Here's a 1990s movie. Okay. Starring Vince Vaughn, John Favreau. And there's a scene where Jean Favreau, Jean, (laughs) that was my my French roots coming out there. Jean Valjean. Jean Favreau has successfully had an, an amazing date and Vince Vaughn wants to celebrate it with him. And he's like, my baby's all grown up. He's all grown up. He's all grown up. What movie am I referencing? I, I'm, I'm dead. I got nothing. Are you serious? I mean, I'm, you always know the stuff. I never know the stuff. You're not a 90s kid. I am. You're I not am. a 90s kid. <laughs> All right, I know you guys are at home are like yelling at the stallion. It's swingers, man. Swingers. Okay, yeah, I never saw that movie. Well, I, here's here's the the reason for that reference, right? So today's podcast interview, we're we're interviewing one of our own, somebody that has been helping us internally like improve the way we run the business, but also and help us see the business from a light of being truly a business owner having the business work for us instead of us work for the business. But yet as, as somebody in the community, we've also seen him grow up. We've seen him like move to a whole new level in the way that he is operating financially and personally. And I just think like, this is a moment like to share, like I'm so excited for Justin and for you guys to hear his story. Yeah. So you, you remember Justin Harris, he came on before talking about, um, his his business congruence that he started to he's helped us with our business to grow it and to again get the operational things behind the scenes that we had no clue about but yet his journey with ibc has continued to grow and it's amazing to me like he's made some errors along the way we're going to get into one of those and maybe that'll be something that you can take away from this episode but beyond that man generationally how has his whole mindset about this changed? It's it's constantly, I think, evolving and growing. But just the way that he exited some of the, um, I would say, S quadrant roles that he was in, yep, to become his own B and I uh, quadrant investor and business owner, and I just love it because it's someone taking action on the content and coming on and sharing with you very tactical, very tangible ideas that can help aspire you to the same goals, to same financial freedom. And Joey, like, let's, let's don't take any more time. Let's jump into this interview right now with Justin Harris. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Justin, it's kind of funny that we're actually pressing record because this is typical for you, me, and Joey, just to sit around a table and, and be talking about ideas and opportunities and conquering the world plans. But thank you for jumping on the podcast. Hey, man, I'm excited to, to be here. Yeah, definitely um, a little different today, but I'm excited, man, to do the same thing. So uh, if, if you don't know who Justin is, Justin has been our COO at uh, Wealth.Wall Street, has added an amazing amount of value to just building out structures and he has an operational mind that is just uh, kind of surpasses most. Um, he's exited a few companies. Why don't you talk a little bit about where you've come from and and then we'll get into maybe how you've transitioned from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So about, um, gosh, it's been probably 10 years ago now, uh, my former partner and I started a couple of companies. Um, he was definitely more the visionary there, kind of sitting in the rust, big ideas chair. Uh, and I just was the operational mind. I mean, I think about how to take something big and uh, and get it done. So I was the COO for both of those companies. Um, and gosh, we stayed there for, you know, seven years or so, um, grow, grew those and then ended up exiting. But yeah, again, my, my part there was just to help think operationally. How do we take what we're doing, put some really good systems around it? Uh, and help it scale. So my brain just naturally thinks that way. And uh, it, it was really fun to be a part of that before, um, like I said, exiting those and, and hopping out on mine. Well, the benefit of, of an entrepreneur to partner with another entrepreneur mind, but who has that operational bent is huge because Joey and I both have all gas pedal, but very little brake or steering wheel. Right. <laughs> and and I, 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 think, I think of when, you know, we connected and I, I like to say maybe you added clarity to our confusion. I don't know if that's the proper way to say that, but you you understand the gears behind the business that need the buttons that need to be pushed, the the systems that need to be in place in order to make sure that you don't constantly crash into the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, the very first phase of anything I help a company think through is just clarity. You know, hey, let's be real clear about where we're going, what we want to do. Um, let's be then take and align resources. Uh, around that and then let's execute and so if you do that over and over and over again you can clarify where you want to go uh, align resources and people around that and then you know have a real plan to get it done you can get a lot done and that's and that's how i love just helping guys like you um visionaries big picture you got big dreams you know you, you lots of ideas and going okay how can we really take that let's grab it let's turn it into something um that could run really fast you know well, I think we could do a whole podcast just on your understanding of how businesses work, how do they create predictable success, the thing, the people and the systems that need to be in place so that they're not constantly out of control. But today, I, I really want to focus in, if it's okay, on your your journey as an entrepreneur, right? I want to talk a little bit about, you know, from an operational mindset, there's people listening to this podcast all the time to hear us talking about infinite banking. You've got some exposure experience there. I want to talk a little bit about that, but then also I want to talk about some of those cool things that you're finding in the e-commerce space, the way you're evaluating companies and businesses. Yep. We've been talking about that together. How do we 
maybe you look at making that an opportunity that we can get involved in at a bigger level. I, these are just some of the things in my mind, Joey. Oh, no, I know. I totally agree. And I think Justin is, is a fantastic person for us to, to, to dive into those subjects with. Um, so let's, first of all, let's start out with, you were working in a company, you exited. Mm -hmm. how, how did you transition from that to where you are today? Yeah, great like what, what, what were the things going through your mind? What were you thinking and, and how did that play out? Yeah, so it, it, we, we grew two fantastic companies um, and I loved being a part of that. But, you know, you kind of get that entrepreneur itch and you think, man, I would really love to do something on my own. And at the time, um, throughout the years of being there, really helped to develop a system to help us run those two companies. And I thought, you know, I would love to take the core um, of what we were doing there uh, put it into a system and a process that could be easily given to other companies, you know, that you could take on the road and scale and, and use with other companies. Um, and so I did that. Congruence was born out of that um, uh, several years ago. Uh, but what was interesting is that, you know, I started consulting with companies and I started implementing those types of things. And actually, obviously you guys were one of those companies. <laughs> um, so this is, thank you. Thank you, be, by yeah. the way. Okay. Um, and it, we, we've had a blast doing that, helping you put the right systems and processes in place. But I really, I really, I will say this from being around you guys and really thinking more about um, assets and what am I putting my time into to help, uh, help help that thing to work without me. I thought, you know, I can keep just consulting and really helping other people turn their businesses into to assets that can work without them. But the whole time I'm thinking, but I'm consulting, like I'm, I'm, I'm trading time for money while I'm doing this, you know, <laughs> so it's almost the opposite of what I'm telling them. And, and so, after hearing your message for, for a while and hanging out with you guys, I thought, you know what? I need to preach the same message to myself. And so I thought, what would it look like to begin to not just consult for other companies, but to acquire some assets um, and apply the same principles to them um, so that while I'm helping other companies, I'm actually doing the same thing to companies that I own as well. Which to me, by the way, we just got off another podcast and we were just talking about this. Too often, the people teaching are not doing. They're just teaching. And and I think we that sometimes we need to take a pause and say, does the person teach actually know how to do what they're telling me to do, right? Because if they did, why would they be teaching and not doing? Are they eating their own cooking, as yeah. you always say? <laughs> and I will say, if at first, when you came to us and said, hey, by the way, I'm not going to take a bigger role in, as the CEO in the company, as we were kind of starting to talk about doing, because I want to go do this. I was a little pissed at you. I, you know, I was thinking, no, man. Let's be real. Like, we are, we are on the, a world-conquering journey here, and we absolutely need your help. You got to be a part of this. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, yes. Heck yes, man. Like, that is exactly what you're built to do. And, and you're not, even though you still help us a little bit on the side, you're following what you need to be doing, which is taking those ideas and information that you have and consulting in businesses that now you own. So before we get to that part, because I think that's interesting, I do want to bring up infinite banking mm. because a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, there's a lot of people that get interested in this, but they're like you, Russ. They just will, will jump off the diving board and figure out how much water's in the pool after the fact, right? And so they just quick start. They hadn't done all the research. If they did the research, they may not take action. So you, way before we even we met each other, had learned about infinite banking and started some policies. What was your initial take in infinite banking and what got you excited about it? Um, well, I, I wanted to take, at, at the time, um, 
I was an owner and obviously the other two companies. And, um, you know, as an owner, you're, you're saving tax money. So initially I thought this is a good place um, to kind of hold my tax co- money captive until I have to pay it. Yeah. Right. Cause I knew that, you know, you could, you could pay into that. It was a great place to do that. And then, you know, borrow against that pay taxes. And then at one point I was thinking, Hey, I'll have a big windfall down the road and I can pay that back, you know, and repeat the cycle. So I wanted to take advantage of cash that I had sitting around and, and put it in a spot where it could be uh, just much more efficient. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where we ran into trouble, where I personally kind of ran into trouble, and now if I could if I could take it back, I would. Uh, I had a pretty substantial policy initially to begin with that I was that I was utilizing for the for tax purposes. Um, and after a few years of us not making uh, a really big profit initially, I mean, that general, generally you think when you start a company that it's just going to take off like a rocket. Right. Um, <laughs> and it took a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was I was, you know, uh, two or three, four years into the policy of taking loans for um you know just for for tax stuff and we hadn't seen the the amount of profit come in to be able to pay all that back mm. so i saw this hole or what i viewed as a whole now now i view it completely differently right, right? um of of basically just owing money back to myself with posse and um didn't get great advice didn't seek the best counsel for the way to handle it and i canceled the policy so you had how many policies at the time um that time a couple a yep. couple, and yep. so you but end I, up but getting I the biggest. One. You yeah. got rid of a big policy. Yes. Now, for for those of you who don't know how big of a mistake that was for Justin, imagine <laughs> that you're in the business of selling apples, right? And you plant trees so that those trees will grow to a point where they bear fruit, and then you get to harvest the apple and sell it and get paid back for all the labor that went into it. So imagine Justin planting a tree getting to the point that its branches are big and it's getting ready to start spitting out these beautiful red apples. And he just pulls the tree out of the ground and throws it in the trash can. Yeah. Does that sound like what happened, Joey? I don't know if I want to rub it in. Normally I wouldn't I do mean, that, but since we know Justin so well, I felt like it'd be worth uh, making sure it's visual for those at home who don't know how big of a mistake that was. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Justin a brown paper bag uh, just as he's hyperventilating. But <laughs> It was painful. But yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. All right, so now you... You sit around us, and, yep. and we're working closely together. And obviously, you're learning that yes, this entrepreneurial itch is what I need to be following. But also, you're learning more about how we're implementing infinite banking. So, talk a little bit about how your progression of understanding what infinite banking is and how it can operate within your business structure has evolved since that moment in time where you made such a catastrophic uh, mistake. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Not to bring that up again. Not, no, yeah, yeah. Not to uh, <laughs> to twist the knife in the wound. Uh, but so, yeah, so ended up, again, hanging out with you guys and really understanding that there are many more applications to infinite banking than I was thinking. I had a pretty limited view. Um, like what? Give, give us some examples. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I thought maybe you know some some maybe some taxes. That was a good good opportunity to leverage it. Or maybe if you had an emergency fund and you utilized it kind of that way, right? Like you would fill it. So, but I didn't think about you know utilizing one asset to build another asset. Uh, and what I mean by that is obviously once as as after we hung out for a while, um, I got back on the train and. Um, I gosh, I think we started like five new policies just with kids, plus you, you know a couple more for me and my wife. He hangs around us long enough. You got to yeah, start yeah, multiplying you got, policies. Got to get a lot. <laughs> so uh, and 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 built those, but then was very strategic to think. Okay, now I want to leverage that asset uh, 
and the debt that we can utilize from it to build another asset. And so, again, after you and I had that conversation, we were, you know, we were driving back that day from from our offsite, from planning, and we were talking about, hey, man, I really think I want to um, purchase other assets and grow those, purchase other companies to grow them. Um, but, man, what a beautiful thing to do as to utilize the policies that I have to do that. So now uh, I'm not just growing, I'm not just taking dollars and buying an asset to grow it, you know, in, in, in terms of a company. But now um, I can leverage two assets at one time. And so for me, it was just started to get mind blowing to think about how many times I could utilize that dollar because of the policy to help not only, I mean, again, that, that policy is going to continue to grow, uh, but now I can utilize those dollars um, and build an asset over here that's going to continue to grow as well in businesses. So. Well, Joey and I, we were just talking about this before the podcast about opportunity. If you think about life in, in this kind of this river running between us and the promised land, right? I mean, there's so many examples. We can go back to the Bible and think about that. There, there's this river that, that's stopping people or could be a, a roadblock to somebody. An obstacle and, of some sort. And yeah. I, I think about the access to cash is almost that bridge to the opportunities. And we haven't done a good enough job building that bridge. We, we've we literally put our cash in places that we can't access it. So we never feel like we can get to freedom because, man, well, I just would need the money to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's for somebody else. That can't be for me. Well, But once you start building it, then the ideas start coming because as, as soon as you start crossing that bridge, you start seeing it closer and closer and closer. And I, I know that that's what you've seen because you, you've had an opportunity now to – start evaluating businesses. And I want to yeah. talk about that process of how you started to evaluate what businesses you should be looking into and, and how do you then go buy them as opposed to just creating one from scratch? Yep. Well, the having started two businesses, actually three businesses from scratch, um, I really got intrigued with what would it look like to go buy um, maybe underperforming may not even be the right word, but just, businesses with really heavy potential because maybe they haven't tapped into other markets. Maybe they, there's some things that they haven't done um, that I could easily recognize and fix because I understand and think systems, right? So if I'm looking at something and in and, and this instance, um, I wasn't totally sure what type of business to get into, but the more I, I looked into things, uh, the more I started kind of coming back to e-commerce. And one of the things that intrigued me about e-commerce is it's one of the few things that you can scale very quickly. If you've got a good product, you've got a good supply chain, um, you know, you've got some decent marketing in place, like you can scale it pretty quickly. So for me, once, once it kind of settled on, those are the types of companies I want to go after. I then started thinking about, well, how can I identify companies that don't have some of those things in place? Mm. Right. Because in many cases, um, people who start brands, um, they do a really good job of developing a product. They've got lots of big ideas, right? But sometimes they do struggle with putting the systems and processes in place to help it really scale. So that's what I went looking for. I went looking for opportunities where um, there was a good brand in place. Um, there were good products in place, but they didn't maybe put the systems around sales channels in place. They didn't have, have the operational structure to train pe people. You know, there were several, there's three or four things that I saw, wow, if we can put this in place, um, minimum, we could probably, you know, 5X the value of the company in three years. But my goal is anyone that I, uh, an acquirement a part of the goal would be to 10 exit in three years, you know? So kind of going back to the infinite banking thing, I'm thinking about, I, I pulled all my money out of the market 
and I started to put those, put those into policies that now I can use. So I pull the money out, I put them into a policy, I borrow against the policy, I buy the company, right? And so that was the thing. And so now I'm thinking, I could have left it in the market and just hoped and prayed that it grew, but now that same dollar that I pulled out is going to be growing on multiple fronts, you know? Yeah. And man, I get fired up about that. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas get exposure to new ones and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you. Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. So I heard in your, I'm thinking of this almost like a framework. So someone's listening saying, yeah, I'm interested in buying businesses too, or I want to try to get into the e-commerce space. So walk us through one, you, you, and I, I don't know, Russ, if you kind of heard what he was saying, but it sounds to me like when we talk to syndicators about apartment complexes, what are they interested in? They're interested in apartments that they can value add. Like it's, there's some, there's some deficiency that they know that, oh man, well maybe I could, you know, flip this in three years because I can add enough value to where it's going to make it worth this investment. But if it's already been re refurbed and, and rented to the max and all that, it's it's retail. It's no longer a deal. It's no longer I can't add any value to it. Well, and if you go in there with the mindset of I know what my skill set is, then I know what to look for. Like literally, you're not looking for necessarily a specific type of company. You're looking for companies who have brand, who have good products, but are missing this thing. Because you know I can add this thing to it. Exactly. Then that is the value add. And another thing I like about this, and you hadn't said this, but and whether or not this is the way you think about it, but my brain does. When we start businesses from scratch as entrepreneurs, they're kind of like our little babies, uh -huh. right? And it's so stinking hard to let go of the reins of it. It's so hard to think, well, man, I'm going to sell this business. And this is the thing that I brought up. How many business owners do you hear about who want to hand it down to their kids? And they're just so disappointed that their kids don't want to take over the business that they've worked in for 50 years, right? Yeah. But in what you're talking about, you're saying, I want to go into a business, add my value to it, 10 exit in three years, and then what? Sell. Sell it, right? And you don't have that same mentality. It's like I literally right before we got on this podcast, I got a call from the guy that's selling my boat. Now, any, people always say that the best day of own a boat is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Now, in my situation, it wasn't that way. I bought this boat from, from a couple who needed to get rid of the boat. We used it, loved it. My best days of having the boat was when I was on it pulling and dragging kids around. I mean, I smoked this boat for two straight years. I mean, we, I, mean I burned that thing. I, I ran over rocks. I did everything you could think of to it. I bought it for 30 grand. The guy just called me and told me after all commissions and everything else, I'm going to net like 37. <laughs> like that's an amazing day. Right. But just finding value. And I, I enjoyed having it, but it was just an asset. Right. I don't care. It wasn't my baby. Right. I'll yeah. go find a new one and see if I can't do that again. That's what you're doing with businesses, right? That's well, right. but I'm curious though, besides the fact of, Hey, I can add value to it. It has the potential of being 10 X you know, in a relatively short amount of time, what are there any other things as you look at a business that you say, it's got to check this box, got to check this box, got to check this box from a lifestyle standpoint? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to be able to put it into, and again, e-commerce is, is a great example for this, is that you can put the, the structures in place around it so that um, it doesn't just destroy your time. 
So I can, you know, I want to have the right structures in place so that we can pick up four or five more of these and it not cost any more of my time because you, again, you can scale that way with e-commerce and it really doesn't even matter if the next, you know, we've got two brands right now. Both of those are fantastic candle brands. Um, I'm super excited about growing those, but if the next brand we pick up is not a candle brand, it's okay because the core of e-commerce is the same. You know, um, we're going to, we've got the supply chain, we've got the marketing, we've got, you know, there's, there's four or five things. And when I look at a business, um, when I, when I take over, I'm going to think through kind of five core systems of it, right? Okay. I think about just the scope of a business. So, uh, I want to take over, number one, I want to take over a business that, um, Russ, kind of like you were talking about it. I, I want it to have been their baby because that means they've cared for it. They've built, they've, they've done a lot of really good things for the brand, but, um, in most of those cases, those people have a hard time letting go. They have a hard time hiring people and letting go of certain aspects of the business. They're and too close to they it. They are. They love it so much that they want to have their hands in everything, and you just can't grow it that way. And you know? there, there lies the opportunity, right? Because you know that they <laughs> have is. limited the growth of the business that's, because of that. That's right. And they would tell me that. The, the two brands that we purchased, they, they've they told me that. They've like, we've tried to hire. We've tried to do these things. We've tried to do a few things, but we just didn't want to let go. We just didn't want it to to, you know, let the, uh, not have our hands into every aspect of it. And when I see that, I go, that's gold <laughs> because I know Game on. that we can take that. And again, I can think through kind of five types of systems. I call it the scope of the business. The first is strategy. I look at it and go, how do we take advantage of opportunities? How do we strategically make decisions um, on a consistent basis to grow this thing? C is cash flow. Right. Um, a lot of folks that have their hands kind of tightly gripped around the business, pr sometimes they don't you know, manage the cash flow as well as they should, which limits growth. You got to understand where dollars are coming in and out. The O is just the operations. Hey, do we have the right stuff in place systems wise to help us track customers and do all the things that you need to do to operationally run a business? P is people. You got to hire, you got to train, you got to develop, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have the right systems in place to do that, you're going to stagnate. You can't scale. And then the E of the scope, C, um, S C O P E, the E is execution. Um, I want to have the right planning in place, the right processes in place, the right accountability in place to execute on um, numbers, to execute on things that we say we need to do and that are important for us to be able to get done. So whenever I take one over, I mean, I'm like, hey, if we can improve these five types of systems uh, and there's defi clear deficiencies in three or four of those, then I know we've got gold on our hands. Mm. So how if, if I'm sitting here listening to you, from the standpoint, obviously, I'm sitting here listening to you. But if I'm if I'm listening from the perspective of could I do this? Is this something that would fit me? What what advice would you give someone who may not have had the same background as you? Is it possible, or how do they partner with somebody, or should they partner with someone who can help them in that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that if your goal is to uh, be able to grow an asset that maybe you don't have to spend quite as much time in, because I think what, what's gold for us? I mean, it's not just, you know, hopefully financially growing something, it's time freedom. Sure. And uh, I, I want to grow what we're doing so that other people can come and join in to say, hey, I, I, you know, if to, to partner in to be able to, you know, purchase more brands. Um, I mean, there's only a limited number that me or, a, you know, a close group can do on, on our own. And so we want to be able to do that. But I think that right now, the really neat thing is there are multiple opportunities in the marketplace uh, for people to, you know, buy the real estate of e-commerce to, 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 you know, to invest in that. Um, 
and have other people operate it, right? And so, where, where would you say those places are? Where does someone go to learn those things? Where does someone go to even find the opportunities that may exist? Yeah, out the there? marketplace for this. Yeah, where does that's it exist? Right. So, so there's, um, gosh, a big one right now. Uh, it's called Empire Flippers, if, especially if you're thinking about the Amazon space. Um, God, they do a fantastic job on there of, of, of multiple opportunities, helping you see analytics, helping you learn um, j- just the tools that they've got on there, but then also opportunities to invest. Um, you know, they, they have something called EF Capital, which allows people to come in, be an investor, partner up with an operator and grow a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's relatively hands off, which I don't think there are very many opportunities that can give you you the return um, right now that e-commerce can. And I say that because what I think that, that you know, the whole COVID situation did, not, to ju- not just to the United States, but to the entire world, is um, we, we fast-forwarded the way we engage online four to five years. Mm. So people mm. who before, who maybe three or four years ago, uh, heck, even two years ago, you know, would never give you their credit card online, they had to. Right. I'm I'm I'm, you know, 55 plus and maybe I didn't do the e-commerce thing. They were forced to. So now all of a sudden you've got an entire population, the whole world who's, you know, online buying habits um, just went through the roof. And so when I when I think about that, I see massive opportunity. So I think, okay, how can we kind of go in a sense by real estate in that space? Mm. Um, Because the return on it is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, we don't see that going back. I mean, there's no. nobody going to say, well, you know, I know I could get all that stuff online, but now I'm just going to drive 30 minutes and go <laughs> walk through and stand in lines and deal with all the hassles of mask and everything else just so that I could buy this product for probably 25% more than I could have got it online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I can't tell you how many times in the last year that I was walking into a place and I was like, never again. Never again. I'm not coming in here anymore. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm buying this online. Go for it. I don't, I don't even. Well, and, and, and here's the thing: is that if you're sitting there and you're going, no, no, I want to, I want to support the local retailer. I want to support the local business owner. The thing is, is that that's who, that's who's selling these things through e-commerce. They're yeah. still local. You're just buying it from a different person at a discount. And by the way, at that discount means you have more dollars to invest somewhere else that truly can help local. So if you if you have that mentality, like, no, I'm taking money out of my, my neighbor's pocket. No, you're not. You're actually, all that happens as technology advances, dollars get put into different places. Jobs change. But for the better, right? I mean, technology, nobody's going to say we're worse off because of technology, right? No, we're, we're making leaps and advances. So I love e-commerce because I think it is the future. It is the place that's happening. There's still people behind it. There's still products that have to be made by people. The, the more that advances, the more opportunity that exists. Yep, absolutely. And, and for us, I think, even from an e-com brand standpoint, we make our products here in the United States. So it's not like... Where in, in a lot of cases, you know, those are being made overseas and taking jobs away from potentially people here. I, I'm I'm cool with people with working with you know suppliers overseas, but we happen to make most of our products here, which is a lot of fun. So when you do support us and buy something from one of our brands online, you're not just supporting the 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 brand proper. Like there are other people from a manufacturing standpoint behind that that are creating these right here. Well, let's highlight a couple of those brands. I, I love the fact. 
that that you guys have gotten in the candle space. My yep. wife is a big, huge fan, and uh, <laughs> it's got all sort of ideas. By the way, if you need a marketing person for ideas <laughs> of new new product designs and stuff like that, I mean, she's filling my ear up last night. Well, you know, he needs to get the literary uh, candle brand. I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, oh, you know, like the Little Women. They have the Little Women uh, flavors that he could come out with. Flavors. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I didn't know Joe had a smell that we needed to get out here. Does it smell like no deodorant? They didn't have it back then. I yeah, mean. I mean, what, what does that smell like? But anyway, so talk a little bit about the companies. I'd love to highlight those. And uh, this is an opportunity for you guys. If you, if you, if you need a, a gift idea for somebody, take advantage of uh, these candles. Yes. Um, so two uh, pretty different brands, but r- r- both are awesome. Uh, the first is Walter and Rosie. Um, so walterandrosie.com, we do Disney inspired. Um, there's candles, wax melts, room sprays, uh, custom laundry detergents, uh, air fresheners, car air fresheners. So anything to do with scent, but all, all these things are Disney inspired. Like last weekend, we released like all of our Marvel inspired stuff. This next weekend, we're going to have uh, several releases that relate to like the Incredibles. And so it's fun, man. We've got all kinds of stuff related to Disney. Um, if you love that, then the, these things would be well, perfect for you. Well, part of what I, I really was fascinated with, not only is this like, you know, obviously they have colors and stuff like that are similar and it would make you feel like you were there, but also more like to the fact that some of the scents that are in some of these hotels and stuff like that in these areas, you guys can, can have somebody remind them of being in those specific oh, yeah, places. Yeah. Right? If you were at like the beach club resort at Disney and you buy our, the beach club candle that we have, like you're literally smelling the same fragrance and that candle burns. Um, it is going to take you back to the happiest place on earth, man. And you're going to be in the beach club and you're going to be smelling that. And it, and for me that it's, that is so much fun. So again, it wasn't just like an asset to buy, to grow. Like I saw the products and I go, these are so much fun. To, to do and to be around and to, you know. To well, they mean so much to people yeah. too, because I mean, some people have saved up for years and years and years to go to Disney and then they've got something to remind them. It's not just a picture. It actually brings them back there from a, there's the smells of that place. That's so cool. Yeah. But you have another candle brand as well, right? Yeah, we sure do. Um, it's called Stack Candles. And the origin story there, you know, you think about ancient Israel, they, whenever um, they were in a situation where, um, God provided provision for them, you know, whether it was manna or, you know, from heaven or, you know, something that happened in the Old Testament where they were um, just blessings, provisions, they would stack stones uh, in remembrance of that occasion. And it was really just a symbol of gratitude. And mm-hmm. so Stack is a luxury candle brand. Um, our tagline for it is the fragrance of gratitude. And that that story of ancient Israel is actually printed on. We've got these, we've got dust covers on, on our boxes. It tells that story. And so whenever, again, this is a luxury brand, um, man, the, the, the fragrances are just amazing. But we, we also have obviously candles and room sprays, um, uh, we're going to be rolling out uh, a luxury line of detergents for that as well, which That's is, cool. man, really excited about diffusers. Um, but again, the, the heart of it is whenever you light that candle, um, you know, or use that product that you would think back and just be thankful, you know, man, we've, we've been blessed with so many things. We man, need we more of that. that message. Yeah, we want that message. Out Nowadays, there. for sure. Well, man, we're grateful and thankful for you and for sharing this message if you haven't already gone into our community, uh, you have an opportunity. Go to wealthwildwallstreet.com forward slash community. 
you can search Justin Harris. He's in there. And also, he has freely given away one of his courses to help you understand as a business owner the, the, how to grow it, some of the systems that need to be in place. So go to courses and you get to see his business course that he's put in there that is free for you to take advantage of. And I really appreciate you doing that. That's such a huge resource. We've gotten tons of feedback from those who've gone through it and, and are really seeing the success and fruit that comes from that. Yeah. And just on the way out here, I just want to ask you one more question. So you've told us where you came from. You told us where you're at right now. Um, how infinite banking has kind of fueled that even here lately. Um, what's, what's the future look like? If you're, if you're building clarity for the future, how, what do you see yourself 10 years from now? What is what does life look like? 10 years from now, I, I get, I, I get excited about um, creating opportunities for people. Um, even the, the, for the consulting company that have congruence, the vision for it is to help business owners maximize their impact on the world. And when I think about that, that that's by helping them free up time and, and mind, mental space and clarity through the right system so they can do, you know, really do what they were meant for. Uh, I see the same thing happening just, again, for more companies that we own. So I hope that 10 years from now, um, you know, there's 25 or 30 brands that we have at any given point in time and that we've got, um, we've been able to create a lot of jobs from that, that we've been able to um, create a lot of a lot of opportunity for that as well. And so, man, I, I get excited about that. I think about just growing this thing because I love, I mean, I love doing this stuff. So I'm not, I'm not looking just to go hang out on the beach um, with, with, you know, after selling a few of these brands. Um, I hope that we can continue that and multiply that process and, and grow it from there. Well, and I, if you've taken just nuggets away from this, that last one is one of those that's really, we see this theme, Joey, is that successful entrepreneurs have a drive to keep going. There's never this moment to say, but when I hit this point that I'm going to stop. That's right. That the, the key ingredient is looking to serve, looking for an opportunity to plant your flag in a gap that exists in a business and finding ways that you can add value and money always follows value. That's and right. we, we've seen that along your journey. We're so thankful again, Justin, for jumping on the podcast with us. And thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. Go check out uh, Justin's course. Hit him up. And then if you have a need for a candle, go to stack.com uh, and walterandrosie.com, correct? Yep, stackcandles.com, walterandrosie.com. All right. Have an amazing day. Thanks, guys. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.